welcome to the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast. Hello and welcome. Um, I'm joined today by Christopher Geek, who is one of our chaplains. So, Christopher, you're preparing to retire from your post. Yes, very, very sad. And I've been chaplain at uh, Hillington Hospital since oh July 2018, so that's five and a half years. And a part of my time at college, I've been employed since 1971, so that's 52 years. And at 71, I think it's time to put my feet up, although I will continue to do um, some private work as a humanist funeral celebrant. So what was it that led you to taking up the post as chaplain in the first place? Well, I suppose the short answer was that following my retirement as director of Hillingdon Mind in 2018, I came to the hospital to inquire about doing some voluntary work in the chaplaincy. And I had a conversation with Catherine Holly, who I'd known previously in my career. And it just emerged in the conversation there was a vacancy for a chaplain. So after a, an informal chat with Jack Cray, the head of spiritual partial care, I submitted a job application, was interviewed and subsequently appointed. I was also at that stage uh, in a very part-time role as a humanist chaplain at Guy's and St. Thomas's, uh, and I wanted to develop the chaplain role. So what in your life and work experience contributed to what you brought to the role? I've identified a few strands, um, which I think contribute to my interests as a chaplain and to the quality of my work and, and what I have to offer. First of all, a, a long interest in spirituality and theology from a very early age, which led me to study theology and philosophy in various institutions, both in the UK and in Italy. Um, and my journey really took me through Anglicanism, including 10 years as a priest in the Church of England and Church in Wales, um, 25 years as a Catholic layman, and a close association with what's called engaged Buddhism, founded by a Vietnamese monk called Thich Nhat Hanh, and also deep interest in the history of Islam and its various cultural expressions across time and geography and the, the kind of multifaceted story of Islam today. So I kind of bring all kinds of spiritual and cultural perspectives. I think the second thing is that throughout my life there were periods of deep scepticism about religious faith and doctrines. And from around 2001, this intensifies. And then I eventually give up all practice of religious faith and became a secular humanist. So as a humanist by conviction, I think I can be a resource for the people, actually the people who are in the majority who don't hold a religious worldview of any kind. Another important theme is, is that of sexuality. I've always had an awareness, I think, from even pre-teen years that I'm gay and that's meant I had to work through the sexuality issues at all kinds of levels, really. 
uh, not least the um, conflict with aspects of religious faith. And this background has helped me to contribute to the development of diversity and inclusion agendas kind of quite widely, but specifically here in the hospital. I've also benefited greatly from two prolonged periods of psychotherapy, and this was very helpful in getting to the roots of some of the conflicts I was struggling with and generally helped my own self-awareness. So I think that's given me a real feel for how psychotherapy, counselling, talking therapies can be a route for healing. Um, and I think finally, the, the whole of my career, virtually the whole of my career before joining the Trust, was principally around supporting people with intellectual impairment, neurodiversity, mental ill health, carers, refugees and asylum seekers. So all of that a really good foundation uh, for pastoral support. So looking back at your time at the Trust, what have been some of the major challenges of your <clears throat> specific role as chaplain? There's a big ongoing challenge within chaplaincy generally, I think, and I've seen this across lots of healthcare chaplaincies, challenge of making the service more understood and more accessible. Um, it's very hard getting the message across about what chaplaincy is and what it's able to contribute to patients and their visitors and support. And I think part of the problem is that the language of chaplaincy and pastoral spiritual care is very much identified with religious faith. And I wish we could do something about that. Because the fact is, our work is, is not principally about religion. People often seem to be shocked when I say that. But the fact is, most of our work is about emotional support for people being a supportive, empathetic presence and a, and a listening ear. So that's, you know, that's a major problem, I think. I think the other big thing, of course, by far the biggest challenge of the last few years was presented by the experience of the COVID pandemic and what we all had to go through through that terrible time. During the first 12 weeks of the lockdown, I was personally identified as extremely vulnerable, in inverted commas, due, some, due to some medication I was taking and had to remain at home. So I had to adapt my work to this bizarre arrangement, providing support um, on the telephone for people where possible uh, and assisting the bereavement service with tasks such as the registration of deaths, which became a big issue. And for a long time after I returned to the hospital, access to patients was very difficult for all, all kinds of reasons associated with the pandemic. I think another challenge has been trying to get across the humanist perspective and what a humanist or non-religious world view can bring to pastoral and spiritual support. So on the, on the other hand, what will you remember as the most uh, successful or satisfying bits of the role? Well, I'd highlight three particular areas, although this isn't by any means uh, an exhaustive list. At the beginning of the pandemic, our long-standing team of dedicated pastoral support volunteers had to be stood down, as they had to in every hospital, 
Since then, four of them have died. Some people have retired. So after the pandemic, we faced a formidable task of rebuilding the team, advertising, promoting the role, recruiting people, doing extensive induction and shadowing people on the wards and so forth. It was all very intensive. But it's been a great success. So we currently have a team of 12 really excellent volunteers. The team is very diverse, more diverse than it was before the pandemic in terms of age, gender, faith, ethnicity, and and the competence in languages. So, you know, currently, I think in November, we had 500 pastoral contacts uh, with patients and visitors. Um, so that's that's been a great success, really, I think, and I'm very proud of that work. I think, secondly, the chaplains work very in a very collaborative way with the palliative care team, with the bereavement team and, and the um, mortuary teams. And all that's been very good and which I've enjoyed very much. And, you know, together, I think these teams deliver a, a superb service. And then I think my third one on the list would be providing the pastoral support to patients and their visitors and the staff. That's been hugely enjoyable and satisfying, even if emotionally exhausting sometimes. So just listening to people's stories and anxieties and the awareness of people's resilience and courage and determination has been genuinely inspiring. And also being there for people in distress and when and when, frankly, hope has drained away from people. Um, that's been such a privilege, really, to be alongside people in those really difficult times. Thank you so much. So you'll be leaving us in a few days' time. So are there any final comments or lessons you'd like to leave everyone with? Well, I think I just want to say generally that despite the challenges and the frustrations that I've touched on, uh, in my role as chaplain, um, it's been one of the most enjoyable and satisfying jobs of my whole career, really. It's been fantastic. Um, and it's, it's not just my place of work, it's my local hospital. So I wish the team well and everyone who contributes in whatever way to the work and the success of the hospital. And I'll just add one plea, which I have included in a podcast previously. Would people, when they're walking around the hospital, please look at other people and look around and take their eyes off their mobile phones, please. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're all guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for your time today. and. Um, the very best for your retirement you will be missed thank you very much thank you so that's it for today's episode thank you for listening please do join in the conversation about this episode tag us in social media and uh, send us any other comments and let us know your thoughts and we'll see you next time